Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Riley, in case you didn't know. Um, or maybe you know me as Aunt Cool, or maybe you know me as that one time Justin wasn't on Sawbones. Um, today's my birthday, I'm 15. Since Sydney and Justin forgot, they decided they would give me the present of coming on stage and talking to a bunch of people I didn't know without preparing. So, it was a bad present. Um, anyways, enjoy Sawbones! Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boy? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Do you, that's a, that's do you guys have you a message to... board where you plan this? Like, it happens every time. No, that's nice. You got some applause this time. That was good. I'm I just feel like we're something. really far apart. Yeah, can we scoot go? We usually, when we, when we podcast at home, we're, like, close. Yeah. And there's usually a baby, like, here, propped up. Right here. Like this. And we're going, shh, no, no, shh, just, be quiet. just a few more seconds. Mommy and Daddy are making magic. <laughs> um, wow. What a thrill it is to be here in the home of Dragon's Den Canada. <laughs> I know this is silly. I didn't tell you. I put, I, I, I put Kevin O'Leary and Robert Hershevek and Arlene Dickinson and Jim Living on the guest list. I put him on the VIP, tried to give him a tweet like, hey, guys, if you can make it out, that'd be great. Uh, don't I can't believe they didn't. Are you they, guys They may have made it. No. no I can't believe they didn't time. come. It's our favorite show. When Sydney was uh, pregnant with Charlie, we literally watched every one of them. We had to like stream them on the computer. We had to like, download on, them on YouTube. Get them on Somebody YouTube. out there is a hero because they've put every episode on YouTube. Uh, I don't know why, but so, they did yeah. it. <laughs> and they make little changes so they don't get caught by copyright protection. One was actually at a 35 degree angle. <laughs> so we spent the entire episode like we this. We watched it we anyway. We watched every frame. Um, but you know, my favorite one is the one where the guy makes a cat. TV. It's a TV channel for cats. Right. Yeah, specifically for cats to watch, like to entertain your cats. Which, uh, do you remember what, like, what was on cat TV? What do you... Uh, just Garfield, pretty much. <laughs> no, I don't remember what was on cat TV, but I do remember he did not receive an investment. <laughs> Surprising everyone, no takers. But you know, Justin, it's funny you should mention cats. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Because the thing about cats, 
other than that, I mean, they're great. We love them. We have a couple cats that we miss. I we miss them. I guess I they're don't know. Fine. That's what uh, we like our cats. They're we take fine. care. Of, we're not. We take care of our cats. Yeah. It's just then we had a baby and the cats kind of. No, yeah. that's not true. We're very nice to our cats. <laughs> um, but they claw stuff and they poop. I don't know if you guys have cats. Um, anyway. They poop. <laughs> they poop all the time. Uh, um, look, what about cats? But they also carry disease, and maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> oh, that seems like a good fit for our program, a marital tour of misguided medicine. We are, uh, we are doing a theme tour uh, for the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we're finally, after all these years, putting pets on blast. LAUGHTER uh, and can I just say, too, I was really, I was so excited. I've never been to Canada at all before. Yeah. And as soon as we crossed the border, I felt like I could just, like, smell the universal health care. And, <laughs> and it was such a good smell. <laughs> it felt so good. I just, I wish I could carry it home with me, so. And, um, by the way, speaking of Canada, uh, I know there's a stereotype about you guys being nice, uh, and everybody's been nice, the first, like, nice, like, just, like, super nice. But the first lady I interacted with at the hospital, I thought everybody was going to be like no, this. No, it's the hotel, not the hospital. It was like, no, hotel, <laughs> hotel. Um, she was, like, self-flagellatingly nice. It was like, it was like, it was like every, after every request, it, she would cut me off with a yes, absolutely, before I could even finish. It was like, it was as if I was... Checking out a hotel room from Dobby. It was horrifying. <laughs> I was worried that would be the, the, the par, but everybody's just been regular nice, so thank you. Uh, cats. Let's talk about cats. People like to keep cats as pets, and that's not a new thing. We have kept cats as pets for probably like 12,000 years for a really long time. And the way we know that is that we found people who were buried with their cats. That's how much they love them. They would keep them with them and, and bury them with them. Um, we know that the Egyptians were all about cats. I think most people like have that idea. They had the, the goddess Bastet who had the head of a cat and, and they worship cats and they like cats. They would actually even mummify cats, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that. They mum- it was not uncommon to mummify your pets, um, but they found like whole cemeteries full of mummified cats, <laughs> like lots of mummified cats. It's so weird the timing worked out that the pets died exactly when the pharaohs died. <laughs> Don't break his heart. Just let him live in this lie. <laughs> I was reading this essay about cat mummies because I read that sentence and I thought that can't be right. That we mummified cats. And so I was reading more and like people write a lot about cat mummies. And there was this note like it's really sad. We don't have a lot of the cat mummies. They've been lost to antiquity to people like stealing them. That's a big problem. Uh, if you, like, yeah, 100%. Cat <laughs> if I come across a cat mummy, it's not going to a museum. <laughs> Going to the den. There was a note that at one point they discovered, it was at like the end of the 19th century, they discovered this huge like cemetery with, with 180,000 cat mummies and they shipped them all back to Britain and turned them into fertilizer and didn't save them. What? <laughs> Which I don't know why that's your first thought. Like, look at, they're crazy. Look at all these cat mummies. These make great fertilizer. <laughs> They have maybe Let's take them overseas to go do that. Yeah. How bad is your... Your need how, for fertilizer. How much do you need fertilizer? We're like, hey, it's Gerald. Listen, you got any... <laughs> listen, though, really. Right. Listen. <laughs> right. Listen. Do you got any cat mummies? <laughs> Things are bad here, all right? 
We probably started keeping cats as pets for a very practical reason um, as we started growing things and we had like grain stores and, and things to protect from rodents. Cats were very practical because you would have a cat and it would kill the rodents and you pet them and curl up on your lap, so they're fun too. Um, and so for a long time, cats were like a good thing. Like you would have a cat and it was your friend and everybody liked cats. Except for in the Middle Ages, when we, we talk about this a lot, like things always got weird with everything. Um, yeah. yeah, everything sucked in the Middle Ages. And that was true about cats. For whatever reason, they became associated with like the devil and with witchcraft. And generally, if something bad happened to somebody and there was a cat in the vicinity, everybody blamed it on the cat. Um, if you were a woman and you owned a cat, that was evidence that you were a witch. That was enough. That's all it took. It's a low bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, in general, nobody, nobody liked cats very much because of this, whatever, this weird connection to, to evil things. Um, and this actually may have contributed to the spread of the plague a little bit because they would, they would kill cats, wipe out, just not have cats. Nobody took care of them. And so it let the, the rodent, you know, the rat population flourish. So... So they got us back. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like cats, uh, now that you say it. There's a weird cat myth. Have you ever heard that a cat will steal a baby's breath? Has anybody ever heard this? This was, okay. Yeah, but I, like, like, I never thought, like, oh, I've got to get to the bottom of that. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what I do. (laughs) Like, why do we think that? Uh, There are a couple thoughts, because that's not a thing. Uh, There's never been any evidence... (laughs) Imagine my relief. It's funny because it was noted several times there's never been any evidence that cats like maliciously intend to murder anybody. Like they don't they don't set out to murder someone. I guess like one of our cats is huge and so there was a time period where her lane like on Charlie would have probably been a bad like yeah. a bad situation. So so we wouldn't let that happen. It's bad but enough when she never, lays on the stairs. Like she's a real tri- her. real she's tripping huge. hazard. Um, but there was never any evidence that they were, like, going after babies. Uh, but they probably thought that for a couple reasons. One theory was that babies' breasts smell like milk, so maybe the cat wants to, like, sniff near their mouth, and so you see that and think, ah, I don't know why that's your first thought. Oh, they're stealing the baby's breath. Because you're, like, an old-timey idiot. You didn't know. Uh, there, there was a thought that maybe it was that, that you could observe that cats get a little jealous when there's a new baby, which I think that's a, that's a little true. Yeah. And so that was like the motive. Now we have a motive. Now we know why <laughs> they did it. And there were also these weird stories, like this news story from 1791, where it, the coroner had declared that a, an 18-month-old had been killed by a cat sucking out its breath. And, and this would be in the paper periodically, which how horrifying would that be if that was today? If you like have a cat and you have a baby and then you read that and you're like, what? Who? Why? That would so, be a bad corner, though, really, Sid. Yeah, that was not a very good corner. I think that re- the, that's your problem right there. If the corner has that in their report. They should probably lose their position. <laughs> now, we like cats a lot more now, but if you don't like cats very much, it may be because you're one of many people who suffer from cat allergies, and there are a lot of people who don't like to be around cats because they are allergic to them. Um, and I, I thought this was interesting. You're not just allergic to, like, the fur and the dander, which I think a lot of people yeah. assume. You know, there's also stuff in their saliva that you can be allergic to. Oh, really? That's actually really common. There's a protein that we uh, denote Fel-D1, and it's in cat saliva. And, of course, they 
you know, they lick themselves, so then it's all over them. And that's a really common allergy trigger. Hmm. And what I think is interesting about that is that if you've ever heard of hypoallergenic cats, mm-hmm. that's what they, like, it's a different protein. It's, they, so they still have that in their saliva, but it's slightly different. And so that's, was, that's why they sold them, like, these cats won't give you allergies because this one protein is a little bit different, and so you'll be fine. Um, and they sold them for anywhere from $4,000 to $28,000 for a cat that wouldn't make you sneeze. It, may, it not make me sneeze. He better make me breakfast. <laughs> 28 Gs. Unfortunately, as far as I can tell, they're not, they're not as hypoallergenic as Build. They may not be the answer to all your problems. There were a lot of people who, who got them and said, like, no, 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 I swear, my allergies are gone. But when they did, like, head-to-head studies in a lab, they really couldn't, like, blind test. They really couldn't replicate that. The proof's in the pudding, folks. Cat allergies are made up. So. <laughs> you heard it here first. And probably last. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, but my advice would be don't pay $4,000 for a cat. In general, there are lots of cats who need homes that need homes that aren't four thousand dollars. Get those. Yeah. Don't buy the four thousand. Don't buy a four thousand dollar cat. Now, unless have, it swallowed three thousand eight hundred dollars, <laughs> then you can get it. That's a good deal, but that's a long grift. <laughs> Ooh, you're playing the long game. But the, wait, so it's okay to pay two hundred dollars for a cat? For a cat that can swallow three thousand dollars. <laughs> Let's come along once in a blue moon. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier. Then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel the metaphor is broken down basically you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession you can sell products you can uh post your videos you can share your stories about how justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father folks you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real 
high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Now, a lot of people, when they think of cat diseases, when, which you do often think about cat diseases, you think about cat scratch fever, right? Sure. You've heard of that or cat scratch disease, which if you're ever going to look up on the internet things about cat scratch fever, just say cat scratch disease, or you're going to spend a lot of time hearing about Ted Nugent <laughs> and not... There are worse ways to spend an afternoon. <laughs> so cat scratch disease is actually, it's a, it's a bacteria, Bartonella hensley, and it's a very small bacteria, and it's very hard to grow, and so it took us a long time to fully understand what was causing cat scratch disease. We knew that there was something that happened when people were around cats and then they would get sick and they'd get like fevers and they'd feel really lousy and they'd get these swollen lymph nodes. It's like, it's always right here. There's a place where you get a swollen lymph node in your arm, epitrochlear lymph node. And we, we knew it had something to do with cats, but it took us a long time to grow the bug. Um, and it can do really scary things. It usually doesn't. It's usually, it just goes away. It's, it's actually not that big of a deal most of the time. You get sick, you get better, no big deal. We can give antibiotics, we don't have to. It's not a big deal. Now, there are really serious consequences that can happen rarely. Um, but that's pretty much it. So you hear all this buzz about cat scratch fever and cat scratch disease. I, I hear that a lot, like people are scared of that. But it's really probably not that big, big a deal. But as I was trying to read and find anything interesting about cat scratch fever, um, I did find a really great description of the song Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> now, how specifically is this within the purview of Sawbones? It's not, but it's much funnier than anything I could have told you about Cat Scratch Disease, so I want to share it with you. Okay, tell me about the song Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> so, this is, this is a description of the song. I don't know who wrote this, but I love them. Um, the song is about a man chronicling his long history of promiscuous sex and lamenting, or perhaps celebrating, his inability to control himself or the women he has sex with and vice versa. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a wonderful <laughs> description <laughs> of the song Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah, it's really all-encompassing and thorough. <laughs> like, you really get the whole thing. There's this whole thing that he goes into. Is so like, what was he? What was Ted Nugent singing about with cat scratch fever? What is cat scratch fever? What is he talking about? And there was this theory. I guess for a while, syphilis was called like cat scratch fever. That was the slang term for syphilis. So the, the, okay, well, obviously he's singing about getting syphilis, which made him really mad. And he was like, I can't repeat it because we don't do profanity on this show. But <laughs> but it's not. Gosh about darn syphilis. it, you guys. <laughs> Where do you get off? 
scallions. How, how dare you? I'm Theodore Nugent, and I say... <laughs> now, a, a disease you probably don't always think about associated with cats, but you can, you can get from cats, is a ringworm. Oh, Did really? you know that? Yeah. So you, cats can get ringworm, and they can carry it around in their fur. Your dogs can, too. But we're talking about cats, so just don't think about that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you can get ringworm from, from human to human or from cat to human. Now, ringworm is not a worm. I think most people know that by now. No. <laughs> ringworm is not a one, worm. One might say 50% of the people on this stage don't know that. It's an unscientific poll, but I, I believe it's accurate. People thought it kind of looked like a worm because it's round and like it's this little red, round, flaky area on your skin. And people thought, oh, it's a little worm under there. Um, but it's not. And we actually, it's a fungus. And we knew it was fungus like 1850s. We've known this for a really long time. So why do we, why we still call it ringworm? I don't know. I don't know. But, but we do. Uh, we, I mean, the name's already there. And maybe it will take a while for the rest of those folks to realize that it's not a worm. Let me know when they do. Okay, well, I'll, okay. yeah, we have meetings, so I'll keep you up today. <laughs> um, we used to think, so ringworm was this area of huge study at like the end of the 1800s and the early 1900s, especially in London, um, because it was infecting all these schools. It happened like right after in 1870, they made school mandatory, and so everybody was going to school, and it was just spreading a lot because there are all these kids like playing together and in classrooms together, and they're all, you know, dirty and rubbing up against each other or whatever. And so they all give each other ringworm. Um, and, it, and it was associated, it was stigmatized. If you had ringworm, then it was thought that, like, you, you know, you didn't clean yourself well enough and your clothes weren't nice enough and that you didn't eat enough vegetables. That was a big theory. Like, if you don't eat enough vegetables, you probably get ringworm. And you don't want to hang out with kids who don't eat vegetables. Those are the coolest kids, 100%. <laughs> Those are the James Dean of kids. <laughs> so the Board of Governors actually assigned these doctors and scientists to like look into the problem, come up with some solutions, let's figure out what we can do to stop the scourge of ringworm. And one of the solutions that they came up with was that there was actually, there were ringworm schools where you just sent all the kids who had ringworm. There are bad teaching assignments and then there are bad teaching assignments. <laughs> That's the one you definitely, definitely, definitely do not want. And they were called that. Like, there was the Downs Ringworm School is what people called it. Like, you, where they you couldn't go even to school, call them, like, the, the Fighting Tigers or something? Like, <laughs> a prestigious school for kids that don't touch other kids? Like, something. <laughs> Mrs. Itchy School for Educational Advancement? Something. Anything is better than Ringworm School? Dag. <laughs> While you were at Ringworm... What did, they, what did Professor X decide to call his school the Ringworm School for <laughs> gifted kids? <laughs> Nobody would go. While you were at Ringworm School, you wouldn't just learn things, you'd also get treated for your ringworm, which at the time was not necessarily pleasant. Um, it, it would happen on the scalp a lot, and that was what was particularly hard to treat. If it happened on your skin, they would tell you just to put like some of your ink on it. Just dump some of your pen ink, and that'll probably make it go away. And because of some of the chemicals that it was made with at the time, it may have worked. Um, what? But- I mean, did they... Co- okay, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Why would they... Okay, they're at ringworm school. Can't they get, like, a medicine? Why, why do they have to, like... 
become ringworm MacGyvers. Just like, okay, <laughs> this is what you have around you. You have ink, you have erasers. After, after lunch, you'll have a rectangular pizza. How do you use these things to fix your ring? Just give us some medicine, dog. Things are already bad enough. They're having a bad week, please. Well, they did give him medicine, but you probably didn't want it because if you had it on your scalp, first step is to shave your head. Okay. Unfortunately, because the, the idea was that we've got to get rid of the hair somehow. So they would either shave your head or there was a certain rat poisoning that they would put on your head to make all your hair fall out. That was a very popular treatment. And then they would just keep putting like different chemicals on your scalp to keep it anything from growing. So basically things that would, you know, blister your skin and, and make your head hurt all the time. Um, but after a while, they got an even more advanced treatment. Uh, in about like 1904, they started doing x-rays to the head in just enough strength to make all your hair fall out. That's a lot of x-raying. Like, some of you have probably had an x-ray. <laughs> Did your hair fall out? <laughs> no. I'm just trying to think about how sports went at Ringworm School. <laughs> I mean, they would be the champions, right? Like, every team would forfeit? Like... <laughs> They would be undefeated every single season. That's what Friday Night Lights was about. <laughs> Clear eyes, itchy skin, can't lose. <laughs> so they actually x-rayed kids' heads for ringworm for a really long time. There were like decades where this was the treatment. And an x-ray at the, at, in the beginning would have been like 40 minutes long where you just sit there. And then your hair falls out and your scalp hurts for like six to eight weeks. And then finally the hair grows back. But, but there's no more fungus. So, so the success rate was high, uh, but obviously it fell out of favor out of a, after a while because, you know, radiation and that's crazy. And it's just ringworm. Would so you have to transfer back to regular school? Do you yeah, know, no, you went back to regular school after you were Do you know how confused cured. you would be when all your classes weren't about ringworm? <laughs> Excuse me, I, I, I understand the allegory of the cave. What I'm having trouble with is... How does this connect to ringworm? <laughs> You'd be like that old man in Shawshank Redemption. You just want to go back to ringworm school. I can't live on the outside. Now, I have, we have limited time, but I want to tell you about one more, one more disease. Hit me. So one question I get is, is there really something that cats have that can make you go crazy if you get it? Is there really some sort of really scary parasite that cats carry? And what people are asking me about is toxoplasmosis, which you may have heard, it's the thing that when you're pregnant, it's why you can't clean a litter box. Or it's the great excuse you have to never clean a litter box. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how you've managed to keep that going since our daughter's 13 months old almost. <laughs> But you've kept your perfect streak going of not cleaning but, the litter box ever. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's not that. It's just not a big deal. No, it's, <laughs> toxoplasma gondii. It's it's a little protozoan. I'll show you parasite. how to do it sometime if you're curious. No, that's so good. You're just, I'm really good. Just scoop and dump. It's not. It's not that hard. That's okay. I trust you. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> you can well, handle thank you. it. Thank you. Um, and they 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 found this when they were dissecting. Something that was called a, a gundi, and I had to look up what is a gundi because I didn't know what it was. And don't look it up because they were dissecting them, and this just made me sad. They're adorable little rodents. They're these little African rodents. They're kind of like little hamsters, um, but they carry toxoplasmosis and leishmaniasis. That's how they kind of found them by accident. Um, so stay away from them. But they're adorable. 
Um, but stay away from them. But, but seriously, stay away from them. super But they're cute. adorable. Uh, you can also get it from other... We, we blame cats for this a lot, but you could get it from, uh, like, uncooked meat. That's actually more likely if somebody gets toxoplasmosis, that's where they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can form little cysts throughout your body, different places, and little parasites grow in these little cysts, and you can get really sick from toxoplasmosis. Most people don't, though. Um, and the reason we know this is... Okay, so everybody look to your left. And now look to your right. And now ask those people if they have toxoplasmosis. (laughs) Because if they say no, then you do. (laughs) What? Statistically, it is likely that one third of the world's population carries toxoplasmosis. Sleep, sleep tight. They have found the cysts that, that they form, like in people's hearts and, and in their skeletal muscles, just after they died of completely other things, not anything to do with toxoplasmosis. They're just Terminal there randomly. Terminal gross-outedness. <laughs> Terminal so you yuckiness. Carrying, you like someone likely. I might. Or maybe you. <laughs> More likely me. Somebody who rode in the van if, with if, us if, today say, on the me, way from Seattle this. is carrying if, it. If, um, if, if cleaning the litter box is a contributing factor, it's definitely 100% me. <laughs> I am the typhoid Mary of toxoplasmosis <laughs> at our home. The good news Patient is... Patient zero. <laughs> The good news is most people are going to, even if they carry it, they're never going to know. You're going to be okay. Um, it's usually more of a problem if you have a compromised immune system. But for the most part, even if you have it, you're never going to know about it. Um, rats that it infects, though, do you know it, it can control rats when they get toxoplasmosis and make them sexually attracted to cat pee? Um, and it, it's, it's the way that it gets to the cat. So, like, the rat is sexually attracted to cat pee, so it goes to where cats are, and then the cat eats the rodent, and then the cat gets toxoplasmosis, which is where the toxoplasmosis wants to be, which is terrifying, because the parasite does that. You know I have to do another thing after this, right? Like, I can't spend my whole night just, like, gripping my head in sheer terror. Here's the good news. Just if you, like, have cats. Cats are great. Own cats. Just, like, wash your hands. It's fine. Take them to the vet. Wash your hands. Everything will be cool. It sounds like too much work. (laughs) Uh, Folks, that's our time. Uh, Thank you so much for coming out. Um, Thanks. Um, Thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thank you to uh, Riley Smurl for introducing us. We really appreciate that. Um, Thanks to the Chan Center for having us here. Um, Everybody's been super cool and nice. Thanks to Vancouver and the whole country of Canada. It's our first time here in the land of dragons in Canada. Yeah, you get, this has been great. I, uh, I remember so many times as a little girl watching Degrassi and Radio Free Roscoe and thinking, someday I'm going to go to Canada, and I'm just glad to be here. Looks like we made it. Listen, okay, that's going to do it for us. Until the next time we have something to talk about, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. <laughs> <laughs>